0: Welcome to Modern Ancestral Mamas, a podcast for mamas created by mamas. We discuss ancestral food, cooking, feeding our families, and holistic living with the everyday modern mom.
1: We are Corey and Christine, two mamas on a mission to nourish our families holistically while keeping it real in today's crazy world. Follow us on this adventure and enjoy the stories and information we share. Hello, hello. Welcome back to season two of Modern Ancestral Mamas. This is Christine from Nourish the Littles, and I'm joined by my co-host, Corey from For Nutrients Sake. I totally blanked on who I was for a second. <laughs> it's okay you remembered who I was. No, I actually, I almost said that I was you, but anyway... <laughs> <laughs> the Christine and Corey thing gets confusing. <laughs> yeah. um, we are, okay, so this is season two, and we wanted to get a jump start on talking about Thanksgiving because we know that everyone is thinking about Thanksgiving as soon as Halloween is over. And in order to help you guys plan for your Thanksgiving menus, we wanted to talk about it now, at the beginning of the month. So we think it will be really helpful for everyone who just, you know, wants to get a head start. And in honor of all things related to fall, our question to start off the show is, Corey, are you a pumpkin spice latte person? (laughs) So I think this is
0: that, um, you know, like that basic girl, right? The, like the boots and the target shopping bag or whatever. And and the Starbucks cup. Um, (laughs) I cannot tell you the last time I had an actual pumpkin spice latte from like uh, Starbucks, Target, obviously Target is where Starbucks is. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I like the last time I had one, I think I was, it, it was probably a couple years ago. And I, I think I got it. And I was like, I used to love these things and you know, they're finally back for the season and I got it and I had a drink and I was like, this is trash. Like this tastes terrible.
1: Really? <laughs>
0: yeah. They're super sweet. Okay. And um, I'd gotten to the point when I had gone, when I, I don't know when the last time I'd gone to Starbucks, but I would go. And I mean, if I go now I'll still just get like coffee and cream or a latte brevet, which means they make it with cream instead of milk. Um, So, but if you get anything sweet added to that, it's like overkill. You can order it with a half, like half the amount of sweetener, but it's still, it's too much for me. And buzzkill here, it's not actually pumpkin flavored. Um, It's just like vanilla and cinnamon, I think. Like it's not, there's no pumpkin.
1: Um, (laughs) (laughs) okay. So I think they've done, I'm sure somewhere on social media, someone has done like looked into the ingredients of what it is and it's something absurd, like just high fructose corn syrup. And (laughs) there's no like real actual pumpkin in the pumpkin spice latte, supposedly. Yeah. Um,
0: I mean, they don't even play. Like, if you ask them, they'll tell you there's no pumpkin-flavored syrup.
1: Oh, they actually tell you that?
0: No, like, there is no pumpkin-flavored syrup.
1: (laughs) Oh, there's just none. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so how do they make it taste like pumpkin? It doesn't really. Oh, okay. Like, it really just
0: has more of those pumpkin – and and if you think about it, like, the the name is pumpkin spice, right? Which is just oh, those warming spices. Yes. Yes. That so is so true. it's not, maybe not all that misleading.
1: <laughs> That's a good point. I, I think I'm giving myself away here. <laughs> Christine, do you <laughs> drink pumpkin spice lattes? <laughs> Or any lattes. I know, right? Oh, man. I don't drink coffee, guys. I'm just not a coffee person. I don't like the way it tastes. I think it's disgusting. <laughs> Sorry. I know that's heretical for so many people. Um, and I'm trying to think if I've actually ever had a pumpkin spice latte. I don't think I have because I personally – I don't know how many years ago I started this, but I was like, I am boycotting Starbucks. Me alone. I am no longer going to Starbucks. I think I was just, I remember when it was when I was in college and I went to Rome and all of my girlfriends wanted to go to Starbucks in Rome and Starbucks in Spain. And I was just like, what is wrong with you? We have actual coffee shops here with real delicious coffee and you want to go to Starbucks. I was so annoyed. And so like, I remember from that day on, I was like, I'm never going to Starbucks again. I despise the chain, but, um, I don't know. That's a good reason. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I mean, if I'm going to be in Rome and I did drink coffee when I was, when I lived in Rome, I had a cappuccino every morning. Um, but it was actually really delicious. Yeah. And it was like real coffee. Yeah. So wondering if it would so I, I love matchas like the green tea I'm wondering if it would be weird if I added like pumpkin to it somehow I feel like that would be strange
0: it might be strange the color would probably look like puke
1: this is definitely <laughs> I'm already messing with the color enough as it is when I add like a raw egg yolk to it and <laughs> it just probably gets brighter with that right yeah no it comes out pretty I like it <laughs> Okay, so
0: my my son likes matcha. Um mm. I don't love it. It's kind of grassy to me.
1: It is. It definitely <laughs> is. You're like, wait, you don't like coffee, but you like grass. Right. <laughs> wait,
0: oh oh, this is like an off track question, but did you were you ever into the like wheatgrass
1: things? Wheatgrass juices? Ew. No. Okay. Well that tastes like grass too. Yeah. No trying to think matcha tastes more like earthy yeah but not
0: like beets like beets are earthy and i love beets
1: that's a good point i do love beets too Hmm. um yeah it's i think it's an acquired flavor for sure
0: okay well my 11 year old loves it so
1: wait does he have did you make him or does he have the little like special bowl with the whisk thing or do you just
0: um we have one of those like buzzy whisks, you know, they're like
1: you. Perfect. Handheld. Yep. Totally. Yeah. Works just as well. I think
0: those um, the like bamboo whisks or whatever, those are so cool though.
1: I know. I, I don't even have one. I also use a little buzzy whisk thing. And then depending on how elaborate I want to get, I just put it in my Vitamix. Yeah. If I have like the egg yolk and all of that, um, which I know a Japanese person would be totally appalled by. So. Well. Oh, well. Sorry yeah, <laughs> for butchering your sacred drink. Um, okay.
0: So I did want to share, if you're at home, pumpkin spice lattes are not hard to make. Um, basically you can, you know, pumpkin is optional. I usually add it, but a lot of times the it doesn't actually really, um, get mixed in with the coffee. So it's a lot of times will settle kind of at the bottom and then you just kind of get this like gloopy mess at the bottom. <laughs> that You don't really want to drink, um, <laughs> but it is a nice flavor. Um, but okay. So generally, Oh, I just knocked my elbow. Um, generally, you're just going to use like a really strong coffee and then the pumpkin spice blend. So, you know, like cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, ginger, um, i think that's pretty much it and then you can you put in uh, a sweetener if you want maple syrup is is one of my favorites because it has that really caramelly sort of flavor and then um, cream and that's it mm. so it's not it's Thank not hard attention. although again i've gotten to the point where i don't like sweetener in my coffee um so i don't i would just Actually, I don't really like the extra added um, flavors much at this point either. I'd really rather just have coffee and cream.
1: Yum. So, good too.
0: yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk Thanksgiving. Christine, what are some traditions that... Um, You have, oh, no, wait, I had a a surprise question I wanted to ask you before we start other questions.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Okay. So um, (laughs) this is kind of a silly one. Um, Were your ancestors, can you trace your ancestors back to the first Thanksgiving?
1: (laughs) No, definitely not. (laughs) Wait, that's such an interesting question. Uh, How do you do that? Is, this, is there like an app or something online that you can do this? <laughs>
0: that'd be amazing, right? Oh my gosh, that'd be so cool. Type in the app. Hey, where are my ancestors. Um, I know, right? I Well, I have a grandmother who's obsessed with genealogy. so
1: Oh, that's cool.
0: Um, and I don't know if they were at the first Thanksgiving because I'm not sure that they were Puritans, but they were probably around that time coming over here very early on.
1: Oh, man. See, I, well, on my mom's side of the family, definitely not.
0: They, uh, were... they were probably in the, in the Americas, right?
1: Um, actually they were in Europe. They were oh. in Spain. Yeah, I know. Um, but my dad's side of the family might have been in the Americas. I don't know. Cause my dad's side of the family is like German English. So if they were in England, maybe. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a fun question.
0: I would love to know. I wish I
1: could look it up now.
0: (laughs) I I really want to know, like, if anybody is listening and has ancestors that were there or that were here that early, send us a DM because I want to know.
1: I think that'd be cool. Definitely. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
0: So, speaking of, do you have any good traditions that you do with your family?
1: Um... Okay. So what we do is we alternate holidays every year with in-laws and family. So if one year I spend Thanksgiving with my in-laws, then the following year I'll spend Thanksgiving with my family and we alternate Thanksgiving and Christmas basically. But, um, so when I'm with my in-laws, they are definitely carnivores and they love a really good steak So there will be, the only reason why there's a turkey is because my sister-in-law insists that there's a turkey because it's like an American thing to do. Um, But most of the time there is definitely steak, (laughs) meat, Um, and then all of the sides. And so there will be like steak and a turkey. Uh, And all of the Muldoons will joke about how they don't eat turkey. They just eat steak.
0: I kind
1: of love that. I mean, yeah, it's it's delicious. My father-in-law is an amazing grill master. He knows how to do it right. Uh, and I'm not complaining either because I, I love – I'll eat a good steak any day. Um, and then I'm trying to think what else do we do. Oh, this is not food related, but we do this silly thing where <laughs> – because we're not spending Christmas together, we go to target on Thanksgiving day or some, yeah, I think usually we do it on Thanksgiving day. Cause we or maybe a day or two after, I don't even remember now. It depends. And we each, and we go like with the kids and everything. So the whole family goes, we each have $20 to spend on every member of the family. And you basically like run around the store for an hour shopping for each other but only spending $20 on each person so like and you can get anything you want so you know like sometimes you're getting gag gifts or sometimes you're getting I don't know maybe you've like mentioned that you need new socks or something (laughs) um and and it's just kind of like a since we don't since that year we did Thanksgiving and we won't spend Christmas together it's like our Christmas Thanksgiving like gift giving thing that we do and it's really cute because usually the kids will go with either grandma or they'll go with, you know, their aunt and, and they'll get to help pick out presents for everyone. And then we come back and we distribute them. And yeah, um, so it's just like a little random thing that we do with my in-laws. And then with my family, we are all American traditional Thanksgiving, dinner, nothing special. Uh, the only thing that we do that might be a little bit different is after the Thanksgiving meal, um, when I was younger, we used to play spoons. Have you mm. ever played this? The card yeah. game? Yeah, the card game. Yeah. And we had like a tournament and there was a golden spoon trophy and whoever won would get the trophy for the year and get to brag. <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah. Put That's awesome. On their um and I was very good at spoons and my uncles are like I don't know six three three hundred pounds like they're massive guys and I would still manage to beat them out um you're anyway. like
0: diving into the middle to grab the spoon oh
1: it gets violent it gets <laughs> so violent <laughs> literally yeah scratching people and all this stuff Um, so we have decided to try and like bring that back as now like adult kids. Um, and yeah, it's fun. It's a really crazy, fun family tradition that we do. That sounds great. What about you guys?
0: Um, okay. So when I was a kid, we would, um, go to my dad's parents for, um, like, they would call it dinner, but it was lunch. And <laughs> then um, we'd eat there. Everybody would hang out, talk politics, and people would take naps. Then we would go to my other grandmother's house in the evening and hang out there and then watch some, like, mystery show in the in the evening. Or I know there was football thrown in there somewhere. There was some football.
1: Um <laughs> Totally. I forgot to mention the football. There's always a football game on, but clearly that part's not important to me because yeah. I forgot about it.
0: <laughs> me too. We used to, actually, I think every year um, when I was a little bit older, my dad started this tradition where everybody in our neighborhood and all of our friends and family were invited. And in the early morning, they would go over to the elementary school in the neighborhood and play uh, football together. Um, And it was this huge, big game. And sometimes they'd have two games going at the same time. And I went maybe one time and um, I was like, no, I'd rather stay home where it's warm and I can watch the parade. Um, (laughs) So I didn't do that, but my dad and my brother loved it. So Um, other than that, like now that I'm an adult and I have my own family, Um, we have done a million different things. Like one year we went to my mother-in-law's in in Philadelphia. Sometimes we go to my father-in-law's family. So it's not his house, but it's like his aunt's house or something. And then sometimes we'd go to my sister-in-law's house. Sometimes we'd go to somebody in my family. Sometimes we'd host, I don't know. It's, there's no, there's no tradition. It's just whatever we feel like doing that year. Um, so this year, uh, All of my husband's family is coming to stay on our property. Um, We have, you know, we have a a guest house and we have a, um, my father-in-law's camper is parked here with like hookups and everything. So he can come down and stay whenever he wants to in the camper. And um, they're gonna, I don't know. Everybody's coming down. We'll hang out. Supposedly there's a football game that my family was thinking about going to in Jacksonville that weekend. Um, So I don't know. It'll just, whatever it ends up being is what it is. I don't, I don't honestly, I don't really care. Like I'd really like just enjoy having the time with family.
1: Yeah. Do you guys ever have plans to add Turkey to your flock out of curiosity? Like, would you ever harvest your own Turkey?
0: Yeah, we've talked about it. So we actually, this the timing of it is weird. Um, we have meat birds and they are going to be, I don't know how you say this, of age, um, <laughs> like the week of Thanksgiving. So we have to process them pretty much probably the weekend before. Um, so we've talked about maybe we'll just have chicken. <laughs> um, yeah. But also, um We are, Ryan is trying to find um, wild turkey. So if he could get a wild turkey on our property, that would be really great. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. But yes, yes. We are hoping to at one point, at some point have um, turkeys, raised turkeys, but not this
1: year. How do you know if you have wild turkey on your property? Like what? I guess just put up game cameras or
0: Yeah, so we do. We have we have um trail cams around the property and we've asked people who, you know, are from here. We're actually kind of friends with the former owner. She just comes over sometimes, which is really sweet.
1: That's um, so cool.
0: It's really sweet. And she said that she, I'm pretty sure she said she's seen them. So, I don't know. If there that are some That
1: would be really some. cool.
0: Yeah, that would be cool, really cool.
1: Turkeys are really interesting birds. I like them. Um, they're supposed to have really cool personalities, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it. apparently wild turkey tastes
0: way different than a um, raised turkey. Yeah. Ooh. Domesticated, I guess. Yeah, domesticated. Very interesting. Yeah. So anyway... Um, we don't always have turkey for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Last year, right. we had um, what we called barbecued giving. Um, <laughs> so we had brisket and we had um, pork shoulder, I think. And then we did up all these sides on the barbecue, on the smoker. Um,
1: that sounds really delicious.
0: Yeah. Bacon. We did bacon wrapped jalapeno poppers, kind of. So you, they're like cream cheese stuffed in jalapenos yep. with bacon. Those um, things are so good. Yeah. I, what else did we do? I think we did also bacon wrapped dates. Apparently, a lot of bacon. <laughs> so anyway, we're not always turkey people.
1: I think that's okay. I I've, I'm sure there are more people like that than we think out there that are like anti-turkey
0: yeah i mean it's weird because i like a turkey sandwich you know but like turkey as a whole meat it's not my favorite
1: yeah i actually i really love turkey and back in the day I loved turkey legs from like six flags and yeah. <laughs> the state fair those and giant and Yeah, no, I would totally I would house one of those. I loved them. And I think it was last year or the year before, I can't remember, but um we spent Thanksgiving with some friends that live in Colorado, and it brought back memories, just like holding the turkey leg and chowing down on it. Um we're actually really excited because those same friends will be spending Thanksgiving with us at our house this year. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So they'll they'll be coming up and uh, I'm hoping she can be on the show in the coming uh, months, the coming season. But anyway, and so it'll be her family with all of my family. Um, so I think it's going to be a really, really fun Thanksgiving. <laughs> Lots of organ meats. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, maybe we should chat about that actually do you want to talk about where you put organ meats what are you supposed to do with organ meats from the turkey
1: oh totally yeah let's definitely talk about that what do you do with them well or do you want me to tell you
0: um, I have I one year tried to make giblet gravy and it smelled really funky, oh, no. so I gave up. I was like, "No, I'm not doing this."
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so I haven't done anything with organ meats from turkeys, t- like actually specifically thing. turkey.
1: Usually, what comes in the bag is the the gizzard, the liver, gizzard, and the liver heart. Kidney? I yeah, I didn't know if it was kidney or heart.
0: I think it's heart. Well, usually, like in a in a no, like I was going to say in a chicken one, it's heart and liver, but I don't know about turkey. I don't remember.
1: I'm yeah. In the past, I've had gizzard and liver for livered, gizzard and liver for sure. And I can't remember if it's kidney or heart. And I only recently learned about the gizzards recently, meaning like maybe three or three years or four years ago, Um, like what they are, what they do why they're so nutrient dense um, and how to add them into your stuffing. Okay. So, and actually <laughs> I talk about this friend a lot. This same friend um, has a recipe on her blog for like um, organ meat stuffing. It's not just organ meats. It's, but she mixes liver in there, gizzard in there. And then your regular sausage that you would put, your bread that you would put, the celery, the carrots, like all the stuff that you that you put in the stuffing, it's so delicious.
0: It's so now really you're actually going to have to name who it is because you said know, it's on the right? blog.
1: <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Let me write that down in the notes. Um, I am referencing, referencing awfully good cooking, and her blog, um, and her. I'm trying to pull it up. I think it's called the gizzard stuffing, maybe. Um, I don't remember exactly, but it's so delicious. Highly recommend it.
0: Okay, so here's a question. Do you put this into the – is it an actual stuffing or is it a dressing? Like, you know, stuffing means that you've put it into the bird when, it bird, when the bird is baking and the dressing is like you cook it in a pan separate.
1: That is such a good point. I have never put stuffing into a bird. I always then it's not stuffing. Then it's not stuffing. It's dressing. Oh, okay. Wait, have you put it into the bird?
0: Yes, I definitely stuff the bird um,
1: with stuffing. (laughs) (laughs) Does that do anything? I don't know.
0: It makes my grandma happy. Okay. <laughs> actually, so my mom says that, I, so I prefer the stuffing, the dressing. I prefer it baked in a pan because it has like kind of a crispy, it gets kind of crispy. Totally. Yes. Stuffing get it's soft because there's no, yeah, it's, it's like not, mushy. It's, it's more mushy. But if you think about it, what's happening is actually just the juices from the bird is getting, are getting into it. So my mom, it's her favorite way of having it because there's more, you know flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh,
1: that's and a good
0: point. it's basically bone broth. Like that's what's gonna be going into that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When you make the dressing as you were calling it, it calls for bone broth. It right. Calls for a lot of bone broth. Yeah. Um I wonder what the purpose was of stuffing the turkey initially. Uh, i don't know yeah
0: (laughs) that's a good question (laughs) we need some food historians to
1: come help us out no kidding that would be that would be a fun episode um well okay why don't you share with us do you have any favorite dishes or do you change it up from year to year do you keep it the same you already talked about not turkey. I think so.
0: Last year when we decided definitely not oh, – You know what else we did last year was ribs. Those were really delicious.
1: Oh, that's so good.
0: Um, <laughs> but last year when we decided not to do turkey, we I sent out a text message to everybody who we knew was, was coming, and I said, okay, like we're not going to do turkey. Is everyone cool with that? We got the thumbs up. And then um, I said – just, just so we make sure everybody's happy, like, what is the thing that you need to have on the table to have it be Thanksgiving? Like, what is the thing that makes this, you know, like, the meal? Um, and I'm, if I'm remembering correctly from last year, <laughs> the answers were, like, um, pumpkin pie and um, uh, mashed potatoes.
1: So that's easy. Yeah, <laughs> I totally agree with the mashed potatoes. And if, if like, the, you know, you were talking about all these other meats that you guys made, all of those meats would go so well with mash, mashed potatoes. Oh, like yeah. that is. So when I was growing up, my dad used to make this mashed potatoes that back then, you know, low fat craze, all that kind of thing. He would put loads of butter in it and cream cheese. So he would put butter and cream cheese in the mashed potatoes and people would rave about them for years. Like they just like totally loved his mashed potatoes and then they would feel so guilty about it and just say like, Oh, you know, there's so much butter in it and it has cream cheese, you know, the way people would talk back in the nineties. Um, (laughs) and so now obviously like I make his mashed potatoes because they're the best and now I know that the butter and the cream cheese and the mashed potatoes is what makes them so good and is what makes them so nutrient dense Um, and I have no guilt eating these mashed potatoes.
0: <laughs> okay, so I have a question on the mashed potatoes front. Do you Do you have a ricer? Do you make them with a ricer or do you have an actual like potato smashing
1: what is a ricer
0: oh okay so a ricer a potato ricer is like a giant garlic press (laughs) and you put the potatoes in it and you squeeze it and it comes out you know like little tiny bits of potato and then it's super smooth and there's no lumps that's the idea
1: never heard of that in my entire life oh come on Really? No. No, no, I have heard of mashed potatoes flakes from a box, but never no a mashed potato ricer.
0: Yeah. Um I don't have one, but my neighbor made us some mashed potatoes uh from oh man, he told me it was a very famous, you know, celebrity chef recipe and it had like like two sticks of Kerrygold butter and like all of this garlic. And I mean, the potatoes were straight up yellow, but they were (laughs) delicious. So good. And he used this ricer and it just makes them super smooth because you know, with potatoes, right? You cannot put them in a mixer or like a, food processor or something like that because that activates whatever and makes them gummy, right? That makes yeah. them sticky and like not yep. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But in this, but if you just smash them with a potato masher, they can still be kind of lumpy, which I don't mind. I like that. But yeah. Um, the potato ricer makes them just super smooth and no lumps and no anything other than just like, smooth
1: potatoes okay I'm gonna have to ask my chef friend if she's heard of this and I love how you said you can't put it in a mixer because that's totally how my dad would do it (laughs) did it get it didn't get gummy though I'm like trying to think because so I've had that happen to me before yeah sure and it gets like glue yeah I learned the hard way you're not supposed to do that um but as a child, I'm trying to remember if I ever could tell that they were gummy. I don't I don't think so. Um, but then again, my standards were really low back then, let's be honest. I mean, when you're eating toaster strudels. <laughs> <laughs> gummy mashed potatoes are about as good as it gets, right? Yeah,
0: with butter and cream cheese.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, that's so funny. I'm just trying to think. If there was like one recipe that I absolutely. Yeah, for me, it's mashed potatoes. I think I have to have mashed potatoes. I love stuffing, dressing, sorry, dressing. (laughs) And then I actually don't like sweet potato casserole. I like butternut squash. And for me, it's like you already have mashed potatoes. Why do you need something else that's mushy with marshmallows and sugar on top? Oh like, yeah, no. I I want I'm okay with having another like winter vegetable, root vegetable, butternut squash, acorn squash, something like that, but I want it to be like cut up into pieces so it's not another mush food.
0: <laughs> I mean, okay, so first of all Okay, so what I'm curious about though is because it's still going to be the same, you're even if it's cut up into like chunks it's still smushy
1: yeah so okay so what do
0: you what do you how do you make it you make a uh because I know you have something on your blog for butternut squash
1: what yeah it's like a butternut squash casserole
0: okay Um, well then
1: we're done here (laughs) I'm just kidding I'm kidding (laughs) okay but then it's the same texture right uh i guess it's kind of the same texture i'm trying to think i add pomegranates to it to help you know like brighten it up a little bit and i'm pretty sure are they I cooked
0: add. do you cook
1: them no no, no 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 oh okay yeah and nope on my recipe i don't have pomegranates but i need to add that um but yeah, but definitely, I usually, add the pomegranate, yeah definitely add the pomegranates yeah definitely add the pomegranates <laughs> i add pomegranates um and sprinkle it with just a few like pecans at the end kind of thing just a little bit more crunch but i also really like butternut squash so or it is less
0: sweet squash yeah than sweet potatoes
1: oh definitely Yeah. yeah yeah yeah
0: and okay so the last time actually i usually end up taking on the sweet potato casserole because i don't i don't want it to taste like candy. And so um, I don't make it with marshmallows and I probably piss off everybody in my family because they're like, why does she always not make it with marshmallows? Um, None of my family sounds like that. I love you guys. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But they probably do think that. Um, (laughs) But I just make it with kind of like a, um, it is more like a, almost a pie though, because it's like a, like a sort of, strudel topping with pecans and stuff. Um, But then I put like a bunch of butter and cream in with the sweet potatoes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it is just mashed sweet potato. I mean,
1: it's basically the same thing. So someone told me once that Thanksgiving food is like all geriatric food because it's super like, yeah, like you were saying earlier, it's super bland. It's all mush. (laughs) I know. My husband
0: hates Thanksgiving food. He hates yeah. it because it doesn't have, he says it doesn't have any flavor. And the thing is, is that it does have flavor, but the flavor is, like the flavor profiles of almost everything at Thanksgiving is is butter and salt. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. I mean, you can use like sage and other herbs and um, those warming spices like cinnamon and such, but it's still mostly just fat and salt. There's nothing interesting other than that. Like Ryan, my husband loves Asian food and he's like, you know, because there's a lot of flavor in that. Mm. And so
1: then you give him Thanksgiving and he's like, "Uh." Mm. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Yeah. This is why you need, you need something uh, tart or like sour. So like the cranberry, cranberry sauce fermented cranberry sauce that you could do um something to help cut all of that fat and salt a little bit yeah my
0: grandma always served um sauerkraut too actually anytime we went to her house she had sauerkraut on the table
1: oh that's so cool
0: um it's probably from a can but you know it's the tradition of it right um but I think it's really interesting because if you think about, you know, people get all caught up on like, oh, this is the one day a year where I'm going to eat myself to death. Um, If you think about Thanksgiving food and, and really comfort food in the context of the way that, you know, you and I cook and eat and um, in nourishing food, you know, ways, this is all actually really good. Nourishing food because we're using, um, you know, bone broth and butter and um, uh, organ meats, or, organ meats in the <laughs> in the stuffing, um, and
1: you're eating the whole bird.
0: Yeah, but what are the other things I was thinking about? Oh, but like even all of the side dishes, right? Like they are still, you know, you've got. Brussels sprouts and you've got um, green bean casserole, which is usually from a can and frozen and whatever, but can be made in a really wonderful way. Um, All of these things are in, like they're good nourishing, filling, comforting foods that nobody should be as long. If they're made in a really great way, I mean, it's not, it's not something that you should be feeling guilty over.
1: Totally. Yeah. It's not a meal to feel guilty about. And actually we had talked about earlier that generally speaking, Thanksgiving is one of those meals where people actually sit down and cook. Like they'll try and cook a lot of these foods by, by scratch. Um, of course I think, you know, there's exceptions, but it's one of those meals where people think, Oh, I'm going to try and make this myself this year. Um, and and so we were talking a little bit about like, oh, well, what do you do when you go to someone's house and it's actually not the case and there happens to be canned cranberry sauce or, oh my gosh, do you remember those um, fried onion things that they would put on top of the uh, the green, green bean, bean casserole? casserole? I yeah, don't yeah, like okay. green bean casserole, but... So, there you go. That's probably
0: because it was always made with that cream of mushroom soup
1: yeah 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 yeah. but yeah so we were talking about what what would we do in a situation like that where you happen to walk into a thanksgiving that is more from the grocery store or from a box or a can than made from scratch and Corey, do you did you want to share your sentiments or should i start us off no you should start okay so I was going to start by saying that when we're in situations like that, usually it's you're coming together with a big group of people. And I think one of the best ways to to approach this is to think, okay, what are my own personal values as a family or as an individual? What do I prioritize the most? So for some people, you know, if you prioritize the protein for you. If that is the most important thing, then you can say, "Hey, I'm going to make the turkey," and you can go out of your way to purchase a pastured bird and cook it and bring it the turkey, so that you know that at least your one dish is made from scratch and you know will will nourish your body in the best way possible. Um, or for you, it could be a dessert because you're maybe more worried about the way the grains are prepared or the sugar content in a dessert. And so you can say, I'll bring a dessert. And then, then you have the benefit of saying, all right, kids, you can have my dessert all you want kind of thing. Um, or you can have more slices of mine than of another one. Yeah. Uh, but basically just focusing on what you want to prioritize, if that's anything at all and offering to, Make that dish from scratch and bring it and then be grateful for the rest of the food that's on the table, no matter what it is or how it was prepared.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what I was going to say. I do think that there are some ways to strategize if you're feeling like this is a meal that is potentially really made in a way that you're not comfortable with, right? Um, because I think in general, we've talked about this so many times on this show and we may sound like broken records, but like, if you're invited to somebody's house, eat the food. Um, but there's also ways to strategize for Thanksgiving or Christmas or Easter or whatever those big family holidays are and options that, um, I have kind of thought up and maybe done myself is either yes, making offering to make things. And, um, you, I mean, you could offer to make really anything that that you want to bring. Right. Another one is that, um, you can offer to host and, um, and I know that might seem like a lot, but there are ways to go about making Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, I've done it a million, a hundred percent from scratch before. And, it takes like a week of cooking or um, even more than that sometimes if you're planning ahead and then freezing things or whatever. Um, but it there is a way to do it where you have every single thing on the table made from scratch. Um, and then there's also, this is a an option that I've, that I know somebody who does this. I think it's really interesting. Um, the it's this family and they have like seven sisters or something. And the one sister hosts every year. And she spends all this time, like going through these culinary magazines, picking recipes. And then she like mails her sisters, their assignments and says like, this is the recipe you're making this year. (laughs) And so then they all have to show up with that recipe. And there's, it's like this, I don't, you know, tradition. And then there's some sort of sibling rivalry competition friendly, you know um but i think that's kind of fun and they do it because they want it to be this like culinary experience but you could do it in a way you know in a way that's like here's the recipe for um a green bean casserole that's made from scratch um and i know that you know if, if i'm hosting i've had plenty of people who are coming to my house say um hey uh, you assigned me to make macaroni and cheese." I don't know how to do that so that your daughter who is gluten-free can eat it. Can you please tell me how to do that? And then I just send them a recipe and I send them exactly like, yes, here's what she can eat, the recipe she can eat. Here's the exact pasta to buy. Um, you know, here's the the flour to buy to make the sauce thicker, that kind of thing. I mean, there's, there's ways to do it that you're not going to feel like this is the meal that's derailing you.
1: <laughs> totally. I, I love all of those suggestions. Um, I like the one especially about including your guests in the process and either sending them a recipe or uh, I, I think it would be fun in some instances to say, hey, why don't you come over and cook it with me? Um, or and this, this is an educational moment. For family members or guests too, um, a lot of times people are really interested, especially individuals who haven't cooked from scratch. And when they see, oh, hey, that actually wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. Or, you know, I learned how to make green bean casserole from scratch kind of thing. It's it's a new dish that they can add to their repertoire and, and you know, they learn... A valuable skill.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So actually, um, you and I were talking before we started recording about what we could, what we could potentially give people from this episode, and I just thought of something um, that I do when I am hosting, and it, um, it has to do with organizing because there's if you're hosting and you're making most of the things. There's a lot to organize, you know, you've got to figure out if you have enough, um, you know, pots and pans to make everything. If you have enough um, space in your refrigerator, if you have enough um, burners on your stove, or if you need to get like crock pots or whatever. Um, so I have, a, I have a whole spreadsheet <laughs> and it has like, no way, yeah. And it has, there's a timeline with like, You have to cook this. Put this thing in at this time, and then take it out at this time. So you can put in this thing at this time, and this thing goes into the crock pot at this time, so that it's ready. (laughs) It's stupid. It's so ridiculously stupid, but it's incredibly helpful. Um. So anyway, I'll I'll share that maybe on Instagram. Maybe I the thing is is that it's like not. It's, it's one of those things where you'd have to plug in your own information to make it actually useful, but I'll share more visually about it on Instagram probably. So we can, um, you can also kind of, if you Google Thanksgiving timeline or Thanksgiving spreadsheet, something like that, I got it from somebody else It's not my idea, but it works. Awesome. Lee, it all works. Awesome. Lee.
1: <laughs> English. <laughs> That sounds really cool. Oh, yeah, we should add that on the notes. But um, before we end this conversation, I just want to talk a little bit real quick about the different ways to prepare a turkey for those that are going to make turkey. And I want to caveat with saying that making a turkey is literally just like making a giant roast chicken. So If you guys know how to cook a roast chicken, a whole roast chicken, you know how to make a turkey. It's not that much more difficult. The only difference is it's more pounds of meat. That's it. But it's essentially the exact same process. Um, And Corey and I were debating about whether dry brining or wet brining was better. Uh, I'm not sure we were
0: debating. It was more like... (laughs) I've only done it one way, (laughs) and Christine has done it the superior way. (laughs) Totally. Definitely.
1: Definitely. Which, okay, as a kid, my dad would – I just cringe thinking about it now, but I remember him taking the brown paper bags, putting the turkey inside, saturating the brown paper bags with canola oil or like an oil maybe it was olive oil I have no idea I I have no clue what my dad was doing okay but saturating the brown paper the brown paper bag with some oil then cooking the turkey inside of the brown paper bag oh oh
0: yeah. No, I know what you're talking. I thought you were talking about like this is how he's marinating it. And I was like, I don't understand oh. how that would work.
1: This is how he's cooking it. But like, what nonsense is this?
0: No, I've heard of this. I've heard of. um, Yeah. So it like seals it. Right. Like somehow you kind of roll totally. it up and then yes. it yeah. creates yeah. like steam.
1: <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that's the cheap version if you didn't have a Dutch oven big enough or something. I mean I have no idea. Do you
0: have a Dutch oven big enough for a turkey?
1: No, 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 I don't. I oh, don't. You're okay. so right. I have a roasting pan for a turkey, but not a Dutch oven big enough for a turkey.
0: So do you do you roast your turkey with we're getting off brining, but do you roast a turkey with the lid on? No. No.
1: No, you want the chicken skin, the turkey skin to be crispy.
0: Right. But like
1: doesn't it, I've made a turkey like a couple of times, okay, like
0: a couple. Um, but do you, does it get, does it? wouldn't it burn? Like get overcooked?
1: Because it's so much meat, right? No, because you have, well, number one, you're kind of like rotating it okay. every so often. And number two, you're basting it. And then also, um, the oven temperature is not that high. Okay, but then I read somewhere that if you baste it, then it doesn't get crispy. But it does? Oh, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it still gets crispy. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm doubting. No, it gets crispy, definitely. Okay, Um, so back to brining. I have
0: only ever wet brined. So that's where you like mix up the brine, pour it into the provided plastic bag. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Plastic bag.
0: They, they like when you buy the brine, which is totally like normal ingredients, it's not weird stuff in a brine bag generally. But you mix it up with water and vinegar, maybe, maybe orange juice or something. And then you put it in, and they give you like a zip tie and a plastic giant plastic trash bag essentially. And you put it in there and then you like stick it in a cooler (laughs) for however many days. It's probably like a day and a half. I don't remember, but.
1: Yeah, I I don't remember when I started dry brining, maybe like four years ago. So Um, is it
0: less messy, though? Because it's super messy
1: to wet brine. Yeah. No, no, no. Definitely not nearly as messy because you don't have to worry about A, a container to put it in and B, the liquid and how it's all going to fit in there.
0: Yeah. I mean, I um, always end up like dumping the bag of liquid in my backyard or something. I'm like, yeah. I don't know what to do with
1: this. <laughs> yeah. Um. So supposedly dry brining helps build the flavors of the meat while maintaining like the juiciness. And the most important thing is it keeps, it helps keep the skin crispy. So like you're supposed to get a crispier skin. Um, And so I guess like what I had read was the turkey picks up, it only picks up the salt and water from the wet brine, which means any flavor impact from the aromatics is like pretty much minimal, but for a dry brine, there's more flavor directly imparted into the meat because of the close contact between the spice mixture and the turkey meat. And so like the flavor is richer and more intense. And like, for example, this is where you can get really creative and do like the sage and the rosemary and the thyme and um, the marjoram. And you're like rubbing all of that onto the turkey skin along with the salt. And so those flavor profiles are, I guess penetrating into this, the meat.
0: Okay. So walk me through the process. This, this, you mix up like an urban salt blend, right?
1: Yes. And yeah, then you yeah, take
0: yeah. that urban salt blend and you put it
1: under the skin, rub it everywhere. So like I rub it all over the skin in the cavity underneath. Yeah. You can put it underneath the skin as well. Okay. Um. Like get your hands, you know, up under the skin and get it nice and deep in there. And then I would also add butter. And so I'm taking like pats of butter and putting butter under the skin, putting it on top of the skin in the cavity. But you don't
0: put the butter. Do you put the butter on?
1: Afterwards, after. Yeah. So after. like so right dry before you cook is, it. Well, okay. Yeah. So I guess I should clarify. You can start by. No. Yeah. You can do all the herbs ahead of time. Yeah. 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 yeah, they yeah. So would you can do that. But like, the
0: butter, yeah. maybe not. Right.
1: Yeah, no, no, I would do the butter right before I put Later. it in the oven.
0: So then, okay, so then my question is next, does the salt um, disintegrate into the turkey by the time you are baking it? Or is it kind of, is there a crust of salt?
1: No, 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 it definitely, I'm trying to think what the term is.
0: Osmosis, um, right? Yeah. yeah it osmosis yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, It's osmosified. It like, I don't know.
1: I'm trying a blank. Um, yeah, it's not like the salt is still on top. It um, absorbs. There we go. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> the skin and the
0: turkey. So you're doing this
1: how, how far b-
0: before the day that you're cooking it?
1: Mm, at least 24 hours. Okay. I would say minimum 24 hours. Okay. Be, yeah. Definitely, like maybe two days would be. But yeah, and then I like to add either orange or lemon inside the cavity. Mm -hmm. Just Um, a whole, whole, like, well, cut cut it in half. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, More herbs and garlic if you want. And I think that that's it.
0: Yeah, that sounds awesome. Voila.
1: You have a delicious turkey. Um, So Um, my mom
0: likes to get really creative with the turkey, and she's done, like, all sorts of different turkeys, like cranberry glazed turkey was one year, and um, maple bacon wrapped turkey, and I don't even remember. There was probably some orange something at some point, Um, but there are a billion different ways you can do turkey.
1: That sounds amazing. Yeah. Corey, didn't you say you were going to try smoking a turkey?
0: Yeah, I really want to. We, Ryan, well, not me. Ryan really wants to try smoking a turkey. He's the one that smokes things. Um, <laughs> and, no, <laughs> well, um, he's the one that smokes the food in our house. Uh, and the turkey. I, I think it'd be really fun to try and smoke it. We'll see how it turns out. But now I really want to try your dry brine method. And I don't think that that would be the same. I don't think it'd be the same process. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I actually haven't looked it up. But it probably would not be, would be my guess.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I've never smoked a turkey. But yeah, definitely look that up and report back. Okay. Oh, yeah, we should say... Well, we are going to have a leftover episode. Yeah. So we can... We will talk
0: lef- leftovers.
1: Yeah, we're going to talk all about leftovers. So we can report back with which turkey preparation methods worked for us.
0: <laughs> Maybe, but, but we aren't going to be record. We're going to record it before actually Thanksgiving. Actual Thanksgiving. <laughs> right? Our recording schedule.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Okay.
0: Really you know, whatever. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um let's... anyway, I think. Oh, wait a minute. I wanted to ask you about the um we you and I both have different cranberry traditions. And um you do you make the fermented cranberry relish?
1: R- sauce? I've, relish I've or sauce? I've made it. Yeah. Relish, I guess. I've only made it twice.
0: Okay. And how far
1: in advance do you have to do that? I don't think it might have been a week. Okay, max. like I might have started it on Monday. Okay, or Thursday. Is
0: this a recipe that's in Nourishing Traditions? I feel like there's one in Nourishing Traditions.
1: No. If there is, I did not know that. That's a good idea. Maybe I should there's look not. That up. <laughs> um, I don't know. I So when I lived in Chicago, I had a friend who was really into um, like crazy food stuff and she was the one who gave me the recipe. I would have to ask her for it. I have no idea where it is, but I'm going to write that down. So my mom's always made this.
0: I'm going to talk about my mom a lot because she cooks really awesome Thanksgiving food. Um, she makes this cranberry relish. And it's not, it's, it's fresh. So she makes it the morning of Thanksgiving because Ooh. otherwise it's gets, I mean, it's, a, it, it's okay to eat the next day or the ne- maybe the next day, but it does, it actually just starts to ferment and it'll get kind of fizzy. Um, mm. But you know, a day or two, it'll just kind of meld really well, but it's fresh cranberries. It's so simple. So you, um, Blitz up fresh cranberries in your food processor and then you add apple, fresh apple, fresh orange, Mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure there's some orange zest and it's orange zest and juice, I think. Maybe actual orange pulp too. And then um, you blitz that all up and then you add honey and at the when you're ready to serve it you add pecans
1: and it's
0: just so good it's so good that that was my one meal or one dish where i was like i need mashed potatoes and i need this cranberry relish. and i will tell you that um i make it every year if i don't go to my mom's house and um other people who didn't grow up with it are not fans (laughs) Mm. but also maybe just my kids are strangely picky
1: sometimes <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to try that. it sounds really delicious.
0: It's really good but you have there's no recipe for it you just have to kind of taste it and then go oh it needs more of this or that and then <laughs> okay
1: sounds good go that way
0: yeah. I think we have covered. Oh, do we want to talk about frying a turkey? I've never done it.
1: Neither have I. I've heard of people that do it, but I'm not interested. I'm interested. But I don't I don't know like what you you would need a massive pot. Yeah, so we have a
0: if you process chickens, you have one. <laughs> yep um so go. now we have one and I'm kind of interested in frying a turkey however here's my here's my hangup getting that much good quality fat and then using it all at once would be hugely expensive that's a really good point just to have that much lard or tallow would just it i don't i'm not sure that it's feasible that's yeah. that's my only hang up.
1: Yeah. And would you I mean I don't even know if you would fry a turkey in lard or tallow is it weird to use those fats for poultry?
0: Oh, I mean I fried chicken in lard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would do lard probably over tallow.
1: Okay. But
0: I don't see no I don't see why not.
1: Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Okay.
0: I think that wraps us up at this point. Um, well, we didn't talk about desserts really at all. Sourdough pie crust. Nope. Um, Sourdough pie crust. Butter for all, I think, has the the recipe for that. Yeah. And you have to make it beforehand and use lard. And then, okay. I know I've said this a million times, but make like seven or 20 and freeze them. And then you can have pie crusts throughout the year. Um, and then the other thing, and you'll definitely want to have some for leftovers afterwards, make real whipped cream. It's super easy. And then the last thing that I was, Oh, um, there is a pumpkin Swiss roll recipe. So it's a cake, you know, that's like swirly, um, that is uh, a sourdough cake recipe, and that is from Farmhouse on Boone, and I've made it, and it is delicious. Um, definitely make that if you need something other than pie.
1: Okay, so I we actually make a cheesecake, believe it or not. Do you make and pumpkin make, cheesecake? No, we don't. We just make a classic cheesecake, and we make the one that's in. The one that they serve at the conference. Oh, yeah. And it's so good. Yeah.
0: That's a good idea. That is Ryan's favorite dessert. Oof. Yeah.
1: I never thought to add pumpkin to it. I'll have to
0: try that. There I'm is a be... pumpkin pie recipe in nourishing traditions. Okay. Um, And I know a lot of people have made it just as a custard if you're yeah, avoiding I've grains. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's and then I add bone marrow to it and make it a bone marrow custard. Oh yeah. I forgot that you um, had that recipe. Yeah, yeah yeah. I'm adding all of these so that we don't forget
0: Yes, we like having yeah. full show notes for everybody. Um Okay, I think we covered everything. Next up Thank will you. be the Leftovers episode. And I know I have a ton of leftover ideas. I can't wait to hear.
1: I know. I actually can't wait to hear all of your ideas. It's going to be fun. Because I know
0: I'm going to steal some. I'm excited to talk about it. Um. All right. That's all I got. That's all you got.
1: That's all I got. All right, friends. Happy Thanksgiving. I know. Thanks for listening. Enjoy eating. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to Modern Ancestral Mamas. Check out the show notes for the resources. You can find Christine on Instagram at nourishthelittles and online at nourishthelittles.com. You can find Corey on Instagram at fornutrientsake and online at fornutrientsake.com. Follow us on Instagram at Modern Ancestral Mamas.
1: Information contained in this show is for informational purposes only. It should not be intended as medical advice and should not replace your relationship with your healthcare practitioner.